0: Greetings, Survivors, and welcome to Day 1003 of Mercury, a Broadcast of Hope. I'm Dr. Rosalind Clark, and because he insisted that he would be of help for today's broadcast, I am joined by Max O'Brien. I'll totally
1: be of help. Speculation on the probable cause of zombie genesis is right up my alley.
0: Max, I keep telling you that that isn't what this is about. I'm talking about the science behind it. I'm not speculating on anything, but rather laying out scientifically supported facts that relate to the actual science that I'm doing. Do you not see the difference? My theories
1: involve actual science all the time. Remember the nematode idea? That was based on real biology.
0: I'll be honest, that one did come awfully close to suggesting a parasitic source for the zombie infection. Although it's protozoa rather than nematodes. So, I'll give tangential bonus points for that one. Well, what about my
1: idea about prions and fungus? You said yourself that the parasitic fungus in ants was one of the zombie parasites known to science to have an effect on the host's behavior.
0: Wow, Max. That one was so long ago that I only vaguely remember it. Biology related, yes but as I recall, you took a few giant leaps to get from science-based facts to zombies that I simply couldn't bolt over with you at the time.
1: Well, let me refresh your memory.
0: Please don't, Max. I really want to get into some of the, you know, real science of parasites today. Can we do that instead? Um,
1: yeah, okay, sorry, go ahead.
0: Thank you. Okay, a couple of days ago, I spent the broadcast talking about host behavior-controlling fungus in ants, and a parasitic wasp that controls a caterpillar host. The next parasite I want to get into here is one that many people may have heard of, and, believe it or not, may even benignly be infected by already. It's a protozoan called Toxoplasma gondii. Oh, I've
1: totally got that. Uh, Toxoplasmosis, right? We get it from our cats. I've had Cats all my life. It's why bags of kitty litter say that pregnant women shouldn't empty the litter box.
0: Very good, Max. You're right. As much as one-third of humans on Earth may be infected by T. gondii. But don't even know it. There is some evidence, however, that toxoplasmosis infects humans during development. It could be linked to stillbirth or miscarriage or cause childhood developmental issues, even schizophrenia. The targeted species to which the parasite is intended to infect, however, is actually rats. T. gondii eggs are transmitted from cat feces into rats. Once the parasite has reached the stage in its life cycle when it is ready to reproduce, it causes changes in the rat's behavior through chemical effects in the brain. These behavioral alterations cause the rat to be more likely to be caught and eaten by cats which then transmit the parasite to its next host, where it can continue the life cycle.
1: So, is my affinity for cats because of toxoplasmosis affecting my brain? So, I like cats, which allows me to be infected by this parasite, which leads to me liking cats even more. It's like a biological conspiracy on the part of the cats to be loved by people.
0: Not now, Max. Max. I want to talk about one more before we run out of time today. I'm sure you've heard of malaria.
1: Isn't that caused by mosquitoes?
0: No, it is another protozoan parasite. Mosquitoes are but the vector host, transmitting it to humans and other animals like birds, bats, and even some lizards. Mosquitoes do not, in fact, suffer from the infection of the parasite, which is called plasmodium. And I'm bringing it up because, from what I can tell, the zombie-causing parasite is similar to the malaria-causing plasmodium. Here's the life cycle of the plasmodium parasite. When transmitted to human blood from the bite of an infected Anopheles mosquito, the sporozoite form of the plasmodium makes its way to the host's liver, where it grows and multiplies in liver cells before moving to infect red blood cells. Once in the bloodstream, it further multiplies, creating and releasing cells called merozoites, which go forth and infect other red blood cells. This is the stage of the parasitic life cycle that causes symptoms in the host. During the blood stage, gametes are also produced, which are the male and female reproductive form of the plasmodium. Gametocytes can then be ingested by a mosquito when taking a blood meal. They mate in the gut of the mosquito creating the next generation of sporozoites, which migrate to the salivary glands, ready to be injected into the next host.
1: Dr. Clark, I know you find all of this fascinating, which is definitely conveyed in your voice when you're explaining it, but do you realize how grossed out Agnes would be if she were listening to this?
0: Really? Really? This stuff is fascinating. These are living organisms that require two different hosts with entirely different physiology in order to reproduce and survive. These aren't even that complex as parasites go. There are parasites with multiple intermediate hosts, and some are highly specific. Like, there's a trematode whose life cycle includes a snail, a bird, a fish, and a mammal, as well as a free-living stage. Do you realize how complex of an organism that is?
1: Are you being rhetorical? Yes, I see that that is a complex life cycle. Maybe tell me about it off the air. We're actually ready to wrap it up for the day. Unless you have something else about the zombie-causing ones you wanted to add.
0: Right. Okay, that's it for now. Um, I'm Dr. Rosalind Clark with Max O'Brien for Mercury, a broadcast of hope. Take care of each other.